What's up, everyone? Good evening. I hope you you had an amazing day. Tonight we have, as always, another epic guest. So just give me, you know, the drill. Give me a couple of minutes. I'll be right back. Here we go. Any minute now. Let's see. Mm. Okay, we have, you know, just some minor difficulties, technical problems. We're going to solve them right away. Yep. There you go. Perfect. Hi. Awesome. So, guys, tonight we have an amazing guest around. Before we start with the interview, I have to give you this epic welcome I always do. So, let's give it up real loud. Here we go. There you go. At some point, those ones are going to be epic. But anyway. They're going to be real people soon. After right? That will be really cool. That will be really cool. Um, but yeah, so tell me, how are you today? How how was your day here? Tell me. Oh, today was good. Um, I just got back from a trip. We were camping in Oregon, so I'm so just cool. trying to get my life. You know, after a vacation, you're trying to get your life back together. Yeah. Everything was in order. Um, groom my dog. Uh, visited with friends that I haven't seen because I was on vacation and updating them with everything. But other than that, I'm pretty good. (laughs) How about you? What have you been up to? Yeah, the same here. Just, uh, you know, working a little bit more in these interviews and also play with my dogs. I have three. Uh, You have three dogs? Tell me. Yeah. One uh, One is a husky, but he's like huge husky, not like the average size. Uh, it's funny because when he was little, every now and then, when I was ordering pizza or, you know, buying some burgers or whatever, I'm, I will order, I was ordering like a small pizza for him. So he would eat his pizza and I would eat mine. And we were just like watching TV and everything. But the thing here is that he went b- really big and now he looks like, a, yeah, he looks like a big wolf. Uh, and it's funny because when I walk with him, 
the neighbors will think that my dog is like a, you know, like a very aggressive and, and really bad dog because he will always look at you with, you know, with, with a typical husky face. But I mean, he's, he's adorable. I mean, once you, once you know him, he's like super harmless. I love husky. Right. And the other one, it's an adopted one. I mean, I don't know what the breed is it, but I just call him adopted, but he's really cool. He's like the smartest dog in the world, I think. Uh, and the last one, it's a pit bull. Uh, that one, I rescued him. He was tied. They tied him in a pole in a mall. So, yeah, I just I was going to the mall. And then on the parking lot, there was this puppy. And I was like, nobody wants him. So I asked the security uh, people, like, does anyone want this dog? And they were like, this dog. Yeah. And, and they were like, uh, no, I mean, we just saw somebody, but he never came back. And I was like, well, I'm just going to take it with me. And if someone says something, I'm just going to give it back. But in the meantime, it's mine. So I just took him. So I just took him with me. And yeah, he's been with, yeah, with, uh, with a family for a month now. And because, because he's a puppy, I forgot how stressing might be sometimes. He already destroyed my wallet couple of shoes, shirt, TP everywhere, poops everywhere. I already, in the middle of the night, I went for water and then I accidentally pooped on his, uh, hey, I, it's horrible. But it is what it is, right? So, it's yeah. worth it. They're the best. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. But tell me, so going back to the, to the whole interview here, tell me how it all started. Um, was it after performing in Schoolhouse Rock? Uh, when you when you realized that you wanted to become an actress, or how it all started for you? Okay, so <laughs> Schoolhouse to Rock, I did when I was like maybe ten years old. Yeah, <laughs> it was the first time I had ever been on stage, and it was the first time that I had like done a production. It was mm. a summer camp thing that my parents put me in that I was so excited about, and I was like. It, it was kind of like a like a place that I felt I belonged. You you did your improv, you did your acting, you did your dance classes, your singing classes. Yeah. And then at the end of the, the production, at 10 years old, 9 years old, whatever, you did your schoolhouse rock play. Mm. And um, that, I think, was the key that kind of lit the fire because I had mm. grown up always, you know, performing and dancing for my parents and, and, and their friends and everything. Yeah. Tap dancing on the little tile floor that was available and like putting on whatever kind of show I could for my cousins. I was always directing them. Um, but that was kind of like where it all clicked with me. And so from there, uh, I was put into the same program where we did a bunch of musical theater and we did like Peter Pan and we mm -hmm. did uh, Honk and Susical and um, Narnia and all these other plays that we did yeah. from there that was based on like youth learning musical theater, learning how to find acting and making it like something other than just like something you do in front of your parents and their friends on a Friday night, you know? Yeah. So that was, that's what that was. That's kind of where it clicked. That's kind of where it all became real and in fruition for me. Um, so, yeah. And it was called Act One Theater School in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is where I grew up. And that's what that was. How cool. <laughs> and that's really cool. And what was, I mean, and how you felt like the first time that you, uh, 
that you played in front of an audience that wasn't your family or friends i mean how was how was that feeling when when everything was done and every and everyone was like cheering how was that i mean i was nine or ten and i was like this is where i'm meant to be this is who i am and uh, i was just like that that kind of to me the the applause mm. and the um the feeling of like okay I'm on stage, I did this thing, and it's getting a positive re, re, uh, positive reaction, affirmation, as you will, um, was kind of what I think myself and other actors kind of experience with live theater, is that it's, it's something that you don't experience anywhere else. Mm. It's something that, like, you gravitate towards and that you don't realize, like, okay, I need this. And it's, it's in a selfish way, in a whatever way. It's like, I love this. This is how I receive love. This is how I accept it. This is what moves me, drives me. You know, it, it's what inspires me to do more. Absolutely. Yeah. How cool. And then in 2011, you were in a show called I Should Be on TV. So was that the first time you were uh, acting for a TV show? And how did you got the gig? So, I Should Be on TV was actually, as weird as it sounds, it was a music video. And it was for, um, I was in this acting theater class that was very serious, very, um, I mean, it was so long ago, but it was, it was a very serious class and we were all like creating our own projects, doing our own things. And one of our friends in there was like, hey, I'm doing this music video. I'm going to start a music career and I want you to be in it. And... I went on set, I did this thing, and this was how I got my um, SAG eligibility, mm. which, uh, for those who don't know, SAG is the Screen Actors Guild, and you have to do a certain amount of credits with SAG before you, you can become eligible to mm. join the union, and um, I kind of bypassed that. And I'm so blessed to have bypassed that because it's such a rigorous process from what I've heard from other people that, you know, they have to do a certain amount of things and do a certain amount of um, credits and, and talk to a certain amount of people to sign certain waivers. Whereas I was so gifted and blessed to have a friend in this aspect do the paperwork for me and say, hey, like, I'm going to vouch for her. She is um, union-worthy, SAG-worthy, and I was uh, attached heartily into the union through that, um, which basically oh. means, like, I did not have to do anything further um, as far as booking other jobs. Yeah. So right now, I am SAG-eligible in the sense of I can join the union anytime I want to. I just have to pay $3,000, $4,000. What? Um, yes. So anybody that wants to be a SAG actor, SAG after actor, whatever, has to pay a fee initially and then a yearly fee and then also obtain their status as far as an actor. They have to attend a certain amount of conferences, a certain amount of... What? Um, yeah. So it's a lot. It's a <laughs> yeah, lot. it is a lot. It's a lot. So initially, all I have to do right now is pay three to four thousand dollars to be SAG eligible or to be SAG actor. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I am going to ride my eligibility line as much as I can. So that means I can work both union and non-union mm. until I, be I have to join. Um, wow. Yeah. So when I have to join, I will have to pay $3,000 to $4,000 to join the union. Oh, me? But with that comes health benefits. Yeah. Comes things like that. Mm. Um, so it's a give and take, you know, it's mm. what, what you make of it. But as of now, that is what that production gave me. It gave me the ability to say I can do either or, which a lot of people don't have to work very hard for, for a very long time. Yeah, of course. Wow. But 3000, that is, that is a lot. <laughs> I know. Especially <laughs> after like this year, like. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a after, lot. It's a yeah. Lot. Yeah, after this whole year, this whole craziness and a lot of people losing their jobs and yeah, it's been like a lot of like a lot of yeah, I I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Now, that uh that same year you appeared in We the People with Gloria Allred and you played as Stacy Sweet. Tell me more about your character and how was being in that show. So, I debated on it deciding whether or not I wanted you to admit this question or not <laughs> because this is one of the embarrassing things that like I, I swear every actor will say hey like this is embarrassing I don't want this credit I don't want this so We the People was a courtroom television show yeah. I was fresh out of high school I just moved to Los Angeles and I got this audition to be this courtroom show that we had gone into this audition room and it was I don't know like 30 people in a room in a circle mm. and it was a bunch of improvised questions that were given to us and we had to improvise answers and they say okay you're booked go over there talk to this person so it was I hate to break it to a lot of people but courtroom television shows are not real yeah um, the majority of them are improvised And improvising meaning that they're coming up with scenarios and situations and they're um, basing their reactions off of those things. Mm. So this show was with Gloria Allred, who is a famous lawyer, um, and she was playing the judge at the time. And I had to come up with this. They gave me the scenario of this happened, this happened, this happened, and you are going to do this thing. Mm. And I went into that. I... I swear it's a black tunnel to me. I don't remember the majority of it other than the fact that I got paid, I think $50 and that was so amazing to me. Right. Whole days worth of work and I got paid $50 and I was like, yes, I'm making it as an actor. Here we go. Come to find out like that is, I, <laughs> <laughs> I remember somebody from a high school texting me. Like, mm. I want to say like, a year or two later being like, Hey, I saw you on We the People and I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> but I mean I think but I mean we all gonna we, I mean we are all gonna uh have to start somewhere, right? I mean and fifty bucks at that point that would be I mean that was I would I would have been like the same like I just got fifty, you know? Like uh Especially out of high school. I was right? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. I I totally get that part. Like the fact when you're finishing finishing out out high school and then you get paid like a little, and you're like, right now the sky is the limit. Sky is the limit. 
right? And then you feel like you can conquer the whole world. And then uh, after finishing college, you're like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't yeah. know where the footage is. I don't know how to get a hold of the footage. I've looked. But... Yeah, I did look. I did look as well because normally what I would do is that I will I will be I would be watching like like pieces or sometimes oh the God, whole I'm movie. So but I didn't find it. I really find it like I was like I need to find this. So I was just searching and I was like, where is it? <laughs> but yeah, 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 I totally get that part. Yeah. And then in 2012, you were in a short movie called uh, Salsa Basement Party. You played as Missy. Can you also tell me more about your character? Uh, was was it the first time you were acting for a short movie? And what could be the difference between working on a short movie than a TV show? So this was actually a film produced by Mundos, which mm. is a Hispanic film, Hispanic uh, television broadcast. Mm. And it was taking place in the 70s. We were all dressed up in 70s attire. And... Um, Essentially, I saw it more as a commercial than a short film. Um, and I, it was, gosh, it was 2012, so I can't remember a lot. It was so far back. But um, it was my first, I would say, legitimate experience on a set. My first legitimate experience with um, people who were hired for that position, cast as that position, Um So it was kind of the first time I experienced, okay, this is what a set, a real set looks like, a real, um, all these, okay, this is what a first AD does, this is what a second AD does, this is what a, okay, and I and I kind of grasped all of that. It was more a learning experience than anything else. I don't, um, I understood it more as a commercial than a TV show. I understand that, like, IMDb like makes it as a TV show. Yeah. Um, which I'm like, great people like I did this TV show. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So it was with Mundos and it was a quick one day thing and it kind of really stepped my toes into the pool of, okay, this is what I can expect on the set. Mm. This is what I can expect on a work day. This is what I can expect from others. And that's kind of what that was for me. Okay. Okay, and then in 2015, you were in another short movie called uh, Booth's uh, Booth Unit, and in a movie called it. 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 There we go. Yeah. And the and then another one called The Burden of My Company. You played as Skyler, and you got a credit on IMDb for special thanks in that movie. So can you tell me more about the movie about the movie itself and how did you got that gig and why they gave you like special thanks for it? Yeah, so Who Done It was a 48-hour film festival, which if no one is familiar with a 48-hour film festival, it's you have a... <laughs> Hi, Erickson. He's a, a, the writer and the director of um, The Burden of My Company, and he'll he's watching right now, so I'll, I'll mm. go into that in a sec. But um, Vu Done It was a 48-hour film festival, which... If no one is familiar, um, that is when you are given by the festival um, administration a title or a, a segment or a piece of information that you need to include in your film, and you have to film it within 48 hours. So you're up oh. day and night for 48 hours creating this film 
um, and producing that and delivering it at the end of the weekend to the panel. And then you get judged, you get um, credited, you get any, any sort of, um, you know, verification that you won or you did not win. So Voodoo mm-hmm. It was a 48-hour uh, film festival where we were given the, I think it was, we had to include this one thing in, and we had a specific genre, mm-hmm. and we had to um, create it within 48 hours. So we were given the genre of, like, horror, mm-hmm. and um, it's available on YouTube and, like, other things. But, uh, so that was my first experience with a film festival, and it was crazy. We were up, we were, it, it was the first time, I think... I had kind of like done something so fast paced. Yeah. It was great. Um, and then, you know, we move into the burden of my company. Erickson is, is watching right now. Um, he's the director writer of this. And this was the first time, um, we had, we hadn't reconnected in a very long time. And he said, Hey, I need this role. Um, I need help with. And so he brought me on. Um, and he was like, Hey, I need to help produce. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was like, I don't know anything about production. I don't know. He'll laugh at this. I was like, I don't know the lingo. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do these things. And he's like, just do it. And he gave me that opportunity to kind of like grow and ex- and express myself and also, you know, see what production looks like from the beginning to the middle to the end mm-hmm. of a film. So we did this short film and... It was, I got to see all aspects of it. And that's kind of what that brought me. Wow. That's really cool. And for the, and for the movie festival, so, so basically you don't, you don't get to sleep that night. No. I mean, you yeah, can, basically. you can if you want to, if the, the opportunity to, but you don't. Yeah, of course. If you want a good movie, you don't sleep. There's 48 hour film festivals. There's. 24-hour film festivals there's that's crazy whatever so there's there's a bunch of festivals um that have different like criteria Mm -hmm. and this is one that we did i definitely want to do one again soon because it was kind of fun and it's kind of like challenging yeah yeah i mean it challenges both teamwork creativity and like your own ability Of course. And I also think like the whole vibe with the people you're working there, it's really, it's like really awesome. Once like you guys are, are working on that and to know that you have a time limit, nobody's sleeping. And then at the end of the day, I think once the movie is done, I mean, I would, I would guess that it's like a, that, that is like a very awesome feeling to see like we, we did it, you know? Yeah. And you get to have like a screening in a theater or in like a space where it's on a big screen and you're saying, okay, this is what we did in, 48 hours what yeah. can we do in a week if we really put that's our mind true it? wow yeah that's true wow so basically it's like a test to yourself like if you manage to, to to mount that movie in this short of time imagine what could do in six months one year or whatever oh okay exactly interesting Yeah, because at first I was like, those guys are crazy. I mean, how, <laughs> how could they dare to do something like that? But now that, I mean, now that you put it that way, yeah, it makes yeah. It makes total sense. Absolutely. Exactly. Wow. And then in uh, <clears throat> in 2019, you were in, in another movie called Imaginary Order. 
tell me, how do you got that, that gig? So Imaginary Order is now called Blush. It was originally okay. called Imaginary Order. Um, that was the kind of like the running title. Mm. Um, I had a friend who was a producer mm. and he said, hey, I had like, this is a very weird situation. I have an actress who is underage. She is 13 years old. And by law, she needs a legal guardian. And her parents are at this time going out of town to Mexico to visit Cancun or do whatever. So she doesn't have a legal guardian on set. Yeah. Would you like to be her legal guardian and be paid? And I said, yes, absolutely. It gives me a chance to be on set to learn kind of the atmosphere of things. I said, is there anything I can do that is acting related? And mm -hmm. I said, let me see. So I was a legal guardian for this girl who was very capable. She's mm. an amazing, amazing actress. Was capable of doing her own things out of as 13. As What? Yeah. She just legally needed somebody to sit with her. Mm -hmm. So I sat with her throughout. I was able to view things peripherally and say, hey, okay, this is, this is what this person is doing. This is what this person is doing. Okay, this is when this happens. And I was able to kind of like pick up different, different verbiage, different um, aspects of filming mm. and behind the scenes. And it came to a point where they said, hey, we have, um, we have a, a role that we think you could fit. Mm. Would you want to do it? And obviously I said yes. So it was across Wendy McClendon, Wendy McClendon Covey, who is in Bridesmaids. Um, okay. She's the blonde one. Mm -hmm. uh, she's also in, I think, Ghostbusters and stuff. But they said, you would just have to say this one or two lines across from her. And I said, of course. Absolutely. I got it. Yeah. Duh. So they called me in and I, I got to do this role. And it was not only a learning experience, but it was also an opportunity to build my resume, build my reel, mm. do all these things. And that was kind of what that built out to. It's available now on Amazon. Um, so you can watch it on Amazon if you'd like. Uh, I only have one and a half lines in it, but it's something. Yeah, it's, it's a start. That's exactly. nice. Exactly. And it was, it was kind of an aspect of seeing what the real industry, how it works and how it develops and how you can see a project from start, start to finish behind the scenes and on camera. So yeah, of that's course. That, that's what that was for me. That's so cool, and and that's that's really awesome that you that you were that that you pretty much took a like took a chance. Like, is there any chance that I could you know work there? And they were like, yeah, sure, that's really cool. I've learned to become very um, forthright and upfront, mm -hmm. and I'm kind of you know it's I just developed this persona or this aspect of like. This is what I want. This is who I am. And this is how I'm going to get it. There you go. And I think you need that. If you don't have that, you're kind of going to fall behind. And it's, mm -hmm. it's hard. But, it, and it may take time to get there. It took yeah. me years to get there. I've been here for 10 years now. And I'm just starting to come into my own of like, okay, this is what I want. And this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. And that's kind of what I think is progressing me. Yeah. 
Yeah, and 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 the fact that you that you pretty much I mean you've been uh, in the in the acting business for ten years and you've been learning like new things here and there. That I mean at the end of the day that's awesome because that that's not also improving your resume but at the same time improve you as your uh, as a as a professional. You know, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. And now, as a human being, yeah, you know, like as a human being, like, yeah. We're always growing, we're always developing, always creating, always whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, if I mean, if I would look myself like five years ago and having all this, you know, this podcast thing that I have, that I have interviewed like a lot of people, at that point, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. And, and yeah, like personally, one of the things that worked for me was that uh, I'm also a DJ. So the first time I performed in public, that was like the scariest thing in the world for me. Plus, there was like a million of issues that day. The sound was no, 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 yeah. it was it was horrible. But at the end of the day, uh, uh, I uh, we pulled through. It was amazing, and then that pretty much gave me like the confidence to be like, you know what? If I could do that, I could do another thing, and then another, and then another. So yeah, I agree. Are with you that. still DJing now? Yeah, and you know it's it's really awful because <laughs> so. Before COVID, like be like a week before everything went, you know, everything went to hell for the whole uh, pandemic and everything. I played in I played in a festival, and that was really awesome. Like the vibe, the people dancing. It was the first time that I was playing in a festival after a really long, long time because the city, uh, the city uh, that I'm the uh, that I am from, I played it for a while. Then I stopped it. Then I moved to another one, and then I stopped it for a while. But then I was I was like, you know what? I just wanna I just wanna do it. So I I. A friend of mine, she was working in this festival, and then she was like, "Hey, uh, do you still DJ?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Well, because the DJ they have, uh, he doesn't want to. So, do you want to? And I was like, "Yeah, of course I want to." And then they were like, "Yeah, uh, just uh, give you a quick heads up. There, a quick heads up. They're not gonna pay you, but they are offering you all the beer and all the and all the food that you want, and you can invite anything, anyone you want." And I was like, "Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can." I mean- yeah. You know, I was like, okay, yeah. free publicity I will have. I will get all the beer and all the food that I want. Yeah, I'll do it. And it was really awesome. Uh, it was a, a very, an amazing experience, like, to see the people dancing and, rea- and react and, and, yeah, and, like, being reacted to the songs that you're playing. It's an amazing experience. But uh, but then uh, everything went, yeah, everything went perfect. And then I have a, a publicist in that moment, like a manager, let's say. Uh, then COVID hit like a week after everything went to hell. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on doing like live sessions and everything, but didn't work out. (laughs) It didn't work out because it's not the same thing. I don't know what to do at that point. Like there was no, nobody knew. Yeah, nobody. And there were, there were not that very nice. I mean, because I, I, I like it, but I was feeling that, but I was feeling like, I mean, it's not the same thing, you know? So I was I was like, I'm just going to stop it for a while. And then uh, I still do it every now and then, but more like a personal, you know? Like every time I feel like stressed or sad or angry, I will jump right to the turntable and just play some music. Cause it, it became more like a, like a, like a, like therapy for me. And yeah. and yeah, and this publicist that I have, it turns out that he was pretty much stealing money from me. So I fired him, and then recently, when I started this whole sessions, uh, he wanted he wanted like he he was like, hey, uh, I was wondering, you know, and I was like, no, 
you're not going to this. This is my project. I'm just going to do it my way. This is not going to uh -huh. work out. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go any, uh, any, yeah, any, any more with you. So we're done. And he did, he did, uh, yeah, he did one. Yeah, he did kind of, uh, did a little trash talk, but I was like, whatever with this guy. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understand that. Yeah. It's horrible, but it is what it is. <laughs> right now. Uh, now on IMDb, it shows that you also have credits for <clears throat> camera, uh, camera and electric department, custom and wardrobe uh, department, producer, production manager, script and continu continuity department, and a lot more. Tell me, what made you wanna wanna do like so many things, or how did you got the possibility to do like all of those things? So, <laughs> I know I. I... I claim actress, but all of those things have kind of fallen into me. I think what was the most um, recent and the most, like, interesting for me mm. was I I had messaged a bunch of friends when the pandemic happened. I was like, hey, I am out of work. I am looking for um, any kind of production job. You just let me know what you have available, and I will be there. Mm. And everyone's like, great, cool, got you. And then it was months later that I got a random text message and it was, it, it said, Hey, um, can I give you a call? They called me and they were, they said, do you know anything about wardrobe? They said, I mean, I, I dress myself every day. And <laughs> I, I'm like, I think I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they said, okay, great. Um, we have been through two wardrobe directors and none of them have worked out and we are in the middle of production we have a deadline to meet and mm. no we know how to problem solve and you know how to see something and kind of like turn it into something mm. i was like yeah that's kind of what i do Yeah. I don't. I don't know if that has a title. I don't know if yeah. that, what that is. That's that's what I do. Um, and they said, okay, so we're gonna have you come on and be our head of wardrobe. And I was like, um, this is for a feature film, not a, like a short film or a, mm. uh, a music video or whatever. This is a feature. Mm. Uh, and it was. I was like, okay. It was okay. You're gonna be out of town for three weeks. You're going to. We're going to room and board you, do whatever, and you're going to come on set. So I, I was like, it's the middle of the pandemic. I don't have a job. Let's go. Mm -hmm. um, went out there, and first day, I was looking around, and I was like, wow, it would really take a lot for someone to screw this up. I wonder what <laughs> happened mm -hmm. to the last two. And then at lunchtime, I realized what happened to the last two. Um, they, they, they were like, hey you have to make 40 costumes for extras by Saturday. And this is Friday. What? Or, or I'm sorry, by Sunday. And this is Friday. And so I, I was like, okay. They gave me a bunch of random fabrics. And oh, my God. And so they said, okay, so it's a native tribe. You need to do native, native clothing. You need mm. to do this and this for 40 people. Um, shoes, you need to do loincloths, you need to do accessories, <laughs> things like oh my that. God. And I was like, oh, okay. 
we're on set in this random location in the middle of nowhere with no electricity, no anything. Mm. And I just, I kind of regrouped myself and I said, okay, I need myself. I need my assistant Mm. and I need to go back to a base camp, which had electricity, which had power. And I need a hot glue gun and fabric. (laughs) And so we spent the next day, day and a half in the garage of this base camp, just like making extras clothing. Of course you make 40 extras clothing and 20 something show up. So that's great. But, um, I kind of fell into it randomly and at the end of it, it was, it was amazing because the director came up to me and was like, Hey, thank you for saving our production because without you, we would not have had this day, this scene, this, you know, thing. Mm -hmm. I've been through so many different heads of wardrobe essentially that didn't deliver on time or deliver the product. And they hired me for a music video later. And all of a sudden, once again, I was head of wardrobe and somebody on set was like, Oh, I went to school for, you know, fashion design. And I was just like, great. Great. I did not. <laughs> I didn't say that because, like, how do you say that? Yeah, of course. Well, it was it was weird, but I, I I feel like I've fallen into these places where I just like I try to float. Yeah. So producing has been one of those things where lately I have been producing a lot, mm. and it's because I organize, I create and develop, and know what goes where. And I, I'm able to solve the puzzle pieces. And yeah. that's where producing has come in. And that's kind of been my latest thing. But wardrobe has kind of been crazy and random. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really cool. I mean, you have like an extra ability there. Yeah. No, it, it's, I can say I did these things if it ever yeah. comes up. But it's, it's definitely just like, whoa, love field. <laughs> Yeah, and and tell me, what do you like the most about uh, producing? Producing? Um, yeah. I would say the control aspect. Okay. And it's, like, it's like being able to say, like, okay, like, I know where things are going when, mm. um, what is happening when, who's doing what. Like, the producing aspect of it is, like, okay, if this isn't happening, it's because I didn't do it or I didn't follow this thing or mm. – I didn't give somebody this opportunity, you know, it's, it's, it's a control aspect. That's, that's so cool. And it's what, also like neurotic. I mean, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's your vision. So, and what yeah, you yeah, want yeah. is to portray your vision. So, I mean, what I would say is that if someone doesn't understand, if doesn't, if, if, if someone doesn't understand your vision, then we have a problem then, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I totally get it. I, I I totally get the get get that part. And what do you like the most about acting? So acting for me is the closest thing to discovering humanity okay. or understanding humanity that I have found. So it's like the equivalent to the most um, pure empathy and the most like therapeutic thing in the sense that you were as an actor trying to find 
a direct correlation as to why people think this way, why people act this way, why people behave this way, why they understand mm. thing, the world as it is to be. And I don't think that as an actor, you can lack any of those things without, you know, suffering in your craft because it's, it's just, it's how do you discover people? How do you discover, like I walk down the street and I see somebody and I just say, Hey, okay, why do they think that this thing is this way? Or why are they acting as if this person is being this way? It's, it's just the most human thing I can think of and the most human natured study. Mm. It's, it's a, it's a study mm. as if it's like psychology or whatever. It, it's a, it's a study of human nature. And I think that it's the only way you can better understand your fellow man. That's deep. It's deep. <laughs> huh? Interesting. And right? I mean, yeah. like, how do you yeah, play yeah. somebody that is, I don't know if you're allowed to swear on this, but like, yeah, yeah, batshit crazy without understanding why they're batshit crazy or understanding what got them to that place or why mm. they think that this thing is so offensive to them or like, I don't understand. I, there's nothing else I can imagine that allows you to question that and allows you to dig into that. Yeah. And how you usually prepare to play a character? I mean, mm -hmm. would you take inspiration for, uh, for, um, for people that you might know, because the other, uh, I mean, with, uh, with the actors that I've been uh, interviewed, some of them will tell me that they will take inspiration for people on, that they met on their lives. And it will be like, I remember this guy. So they want to, they want me to play someone like him. So that it's a lot easier to portray someone if they get uh, inspired for somebody that it, that already exists. So. Yeah, I guess it depends on the character. I mean, if it's somebody that like is, currently accessible in your life like my gosh that's such a gift um for me prepping for a role a lot of it is like okay lines um you have to get the lines right and then once the lines are right then you can allow the character to kind of come about mm. and um you know you go into who what where when how why who are they what do they want how are they behaving you know, mm. et cetera, and, you know, explore these things and also kind of the physical aspect. Where do they hold their body weight? Do they mm. hold it in their chest? Do they hold it in their shoulders? You know, do they lead with their head? Yeah. Do they lead with their stomach? Things like that. Like the body aspect will also allow the voice. To mm. Do they speak in their, their nose? Do they speak in their their chest like how do they present yeah. themselves why do they want to you know what is it that they want throughout the scene also it's very different if you're doing like a one-liner or something for a show because mm. you're not the principal you're not supposed to outshine the person that is the, yeah, the main role, you yeah, know? of course exactly so you're like okay 
my role in this scene, in this mm -hmm. aspect, is to deliver this line to allow the lead character to discover this next piece. So you don't want to overbear that. So it just, I think it depends on the role, the character, understanding where you play in the scene and where you mm -hmm. play the whole show or the whole um, piece in general. Yeah. And has it happened to you that you play a character that, that at the end of the day, it was exhausting, maybe like mentally or emotionally? Uh, this might be funny, but right now I am working on a uh, live product comedy production mm. where I play, um, I actually have one of the cast members watching right now. Um, I play this character that is a yoga instructor mm. that does laugh therapy where oh. you laugh the entire time. <laughs> okay. So I am having to laugh like loud and boisterous and mm. um, do all these things for an extended period of time. And I just, every time I leave a rehearsal, I'm just, oh. Exhausted. I don't want to smile. I don't want to laugh. I don't want to do anything. I, it's just that. I mean, that's all I can think of right now. But because that, yeah. that, that's so prevalent on my mind. But that's what I'm doing right now, and it's it's comedic, mm. and it's funny, and it's great. But it's also very tiring. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And when and when is it going to be ready that uh, that project? So September, I believe, is mid-September is when we're going to do a live production in Los Angeles. There you go. Um, yeah, mid-September in North Hollywood at a local theater. That's awesome. Make uh, th Those who are watching, make sure that you go there. Make sure. Called Beer and Bedtime Stories. Um, yeah. That's so cool. follow on Instagram. That's so cool. And if you could give an advice to someone who's, who is starting in the acting business, what would you say? Prepare for, okay, it's, I would give this advice, but I would also say they're not going to listen. Is <laughs> It's a lot harder and a lot longer and a lot strenuous than you think it is. Mm. You know, myself at 18 leaving high school was like, I'm going to Los Angeles. I'm going to move and I'm going to book this to do this to do this and point a b c d it's not going to be a b c d it's going to be a d b whatever you know yeah. it's it's, it's going to be a lot of um it's gonna it, you have to keep the wheel going yeah. i have kept the wheel going and i've stopped and then i tried starting it again and then i stopped and i'm learning that the more that you keep the wheel going in mm. practice and study and um, network and classes and everything. It's it, that's going to be more beneficial to you than it is taking periods of your life and yeah. them out. That's what I think I would have told my younger self is that, you know, just be a little bit more consistent rather than segmented or practice your classes, your learning, your effort. Yeah. And do you think that maybe some people, they wouldn't, I mean, they will not, uh, they don't want to start in the acting 
a business because they might be afraid of what of what my other's saying or because someone told them at some point that you suck at that. So they were like, yeah, I don't want to do it. <sighs> yeah. I mean, that's that's a harsh reality that I think that we all have to face. Like yeah. there has been many times where I have been told that it was not right or not good or not whatever. And that's just part of it. Mm. Um, I think if you don't overcome that, it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and is it true that you also have to, um, that you also have to be prepared that, that, that you're going to be rejected a lot of times? Yeah. You get, you get to learn that, like, that's a little bit more of the normalcy. Mm. Um, I just got, like, this past week, I got an audition callback and put on a veil, which means, like, it's between me and one other person for this job. Mm. Um, and I just got rejected this week, saying that I went oh, to the man. other person. And that's, like, that's part of it. I just had yeah. to I literally email my agent and said, okay, on to the next one. And that's... I know what it is. I mean, yeah, yeah, and and you just if you can detach yourself from the physical project and audition, and more so think of it as like your own personal journey. Mm. That's what's going to help the most. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 also like that you need those bad moments at some point so you can enjoy the good ones. Like the other day, uh, the interview I had with uh, Brittany, which you should uh, watch it. I love her. Yeah, she's really amazing. She's really amazing. And the fact, like, real quick here, and the and the fact that she was doing like pieces of her of the of the of the voices that she gave to characters, that was so cool. <laughs> Dude, she was so. Uh, we were in an acting class together, um, and oh, I was like, I knew I always wanted to start voiceover, mm. and she was one of the people. I was like, as soon as I heard she did it. I went to her and I was like, let's have a meeting. And we all, we sat together, we grabbed coffee and I was like, tell me everything. She told me everything. And that's how I kind of like launched into it. it was, she was one of the people that helped me understand the industry of voiceover. Yeah. And she's, oh, insanely talented. My God. Yeah. Like, yeah. all of her things. Yeah. Like right now, like maybe stop <laughs> so watching good. this for a while. Go follow her in all of her social media, and then and then come back here. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, she's amazing. And and at some point we were talking kind of a little bit about this, and I remember uh, that I um, that I said to her like, I think it would be boring that if you could be that that all the additions you you yeah you have you get the role and and another one you get the role and no failures you keep going and going and going that at some point it's going to be boring because you're not going to taste that like that emotion i mean that emo yeah like that taste of emotion when you get like a role like yeah so i think that 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 sometimes you need like those uh yeah like those rejections in order to um in order to when you get so when you get uh, the roles for uh, for uh, for a movie or so, then that feeling it feels amazing, right? I mean, just like anything, if you're given too much, I mean, how do you appreciate it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
for me it happened the same for me it happened the uh the the same thing i i started this project and then i sent a bunch of messages one of them was to paula Rhodes. she plays as evelyn and, and resident evil 7 and engine resident evil 8 she's also an amazing actress and i lost my job like a day the the day after i uh, i i sent her the message and then i quit the yeah i i left the building all pissed like ah oh, man and then my cell phone it was a message it was a message uh message from her saying like let's do it and i was like you gotta be kidding me so that pretty much lift like the morale like went too high and i was like again the sky is the limit so um i love that yeah that was really amazing so i agree on that 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 sometimes you need like oh, like those bad moments in order to enjoy the new ones the good ones yeah now you also do voiceover acting now tell me where does this passion to do voice acting comes from um so i only started voiceover recently and mm. like i mentioned prior Brittany was a huge um help in that and a huge uh, advocate for me in that yeah. um voiceover kind of happened because i was doing a lot of auditions not fully booking and i was like okay voiceover is different in the sense of it doesn't matter what you look like you can kind yeah. of play whatever you want however and uh, my boyfriend is a music man he does engineering he does uh his own production and stuff mm. like let me just play around in your studio we played and we kind of did a few commercial mock-ups and mm. put together a demo reel and i was like wait a sec this is kind of good yeah yeah This is, like, I, I can kind of see where I fit into this. And um, I sent it out to a few agents, and I had somebody pick it up right away, which is more than I've received in my um, on-camera acting career. It, mm. it usually takes a lot longer. It takes a lot more harder research and a harder um, pitching. But voiceover seemed to come a little bit more naturally, and people kind of gravitated a little bit more towards it. So I was like, okay, let's give it a try. And then I started taking classes and I started studying and that's how I kind of like fell into it. I was like, okay, well, this is kind of working and it's fun. It's, I don't have to worry about what I look like or yeah. who I am or whatever, you know? So that's kind mm. of what happened. Wow. So you And how you will usually prepare to start uh, to uh, start doing uh, voiceover acting? So uh, when an audition comes in, like I have one I have to do tomorrow morning, um, I'll wake up and I will clear my sinuses, clear my throat and everything. Mm. I'll do like a like um kind of like a neti pot. I don't know if you know what that is, mm. but um also like I'll stand over some like heated water with salt and kind of mm. clear out my passage yeah. and then like clear up my um my diction and my enunciation so i'll make sure my uh you know my jaw yeah. is loose and my lips are loose and my tongue is loose my teeth is loose um so i'll do all of those things and i'll make sure that i go through the script in a few different aspects like tomorrow they're gonna want two different takes so i wow. need one that sounds one way and one that sounds a completely different way um so that's kind of how like i prepare for a specific piece okay and what do you like the most about doing voice acting that it doesn't matter what i look like yeah i know i know what my voice sounds like and what mm. i'm gonna play 
And I've heard a lot of times that um, I will audition for a piece and then I'll hear it again on the radio or the TV and it'll be a dude or it'll be a raspy woman. And I'll say, okay, well, that definitely wasn't me. So that was not my fault because I did not, I cannot give you what I don't have. Yeah, of course. And and, uh, what do we, uh, what do you usually do after a long session of voice acting? Like, uh, do you have like, uh, like, let's say uh, that you go for a drink or you go for dinner? What do you usually do? Um, voice acting, I just kind of like, I usually do it in the morning. So then I just like finish my day and go on. So voice acting is not really anything special. I don't really have anything that kind of like triggers. I might eat some like peanut butter things that I'm not supposed to eat before. Mm. And, but yeah, yeah. That's, not, that's nothing special. And if you could do the voiceover for a movie or for a video game, which one you would choose? It would be a movie. I know it would be like a Pixar movie. Okay, okay. Like, I don't know, just some like quirky, hyper-energetic character. Like, I just want to be like a hyper-energetic character that can't stop talking and then just always goes about her business and just, you know, like goes on. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what I would love to do. All right, let's make it trendy. Hashtag. Let's make it trendy. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> After this, let's let's go let let's go to the uh, to the Pixar Twitter and start to tell them like, hey, you, you should include her right like right now. Uh, hashtag Pixar Mayor. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I like that. I'm gonna tag it in everything. Yeah. Yeah, Pixar Mayor. Like it. Let me just put it here right quick so we won't forget. There you go. There you go. Yeah, that that sounds like a plan. We have we we have a plan, guys. We have a plan. We strategy. <laughs> awesome. And now you also do modeling. So tell me yes. where does your modeling career started? So I was this height since I was 14. So I'm 5'9 right now, mm. which mm-hmm. is pretty tall. Um, yeah. I've been this height since I was 14. Um, I grew up very thin. I was like real thin and it was kind of like, okay, you're acting Well, you should model too. And I, I slipped kind of into it in the sense of I wasn't something I was searching out. It was something that was brought upon me. Um, I had done some showcases and things and people were interested in me as a model. And, um, it started with runway. And runway was something that I had always kind of like drawn to. Mm. Um, It was, it was easy. Like I had to train. I had to be in heels. I remember having a duct tape piece of like Uh piece of duct tape. Mm. And I had to stay on the line. If I didn't stay on the line, I had to start over. And having certain turns, there's specific turns. There's like quarter turn, half turn, full turn, like, Mm-hmm. different things that you have to learn and um i just rigorously trained for that as a 14 year old girl which i <laughs> i don't know if i would love my 14 year old i don't know i was i'm glad my parents let me do it it was yeah. a thing um but i'm like wow Whew. um that's where that started um and i had modeled up until about three years ago i think i stopped about three years ago mm. 
Um, I'm not opposed to it anymore. I still am, if somebody offers something to me or wants to work with me on something, I will do it. Yeah. I'm not actively pursuing it anymore, mm. but it was a big part of my life for a long time where I did LA Fashion Week. I did New York Fashion Week. That's so cool. I did Vogue Italia. I did mm. like all these things, but it's as of now as a 28 year old woman, it's not something that's feasible, which you know, sucks saying that I'm only 28 and it's not feasible. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree. Like, uh, like those type of careers, they're mm -hmm. like super short. Yeah. Just like a uh, figure skating or gymnastics or whatever. Mm. It's a very short lived thing. Yeah. Good thing that you have like a lot of other talents. That's a good thing. Thank God. <laughs> Thank now, God I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> now, how did, uh, now were um, how the modeling process works. I mean, do you have to audition somehow or just by showing them like your modeling portfolio or like your Instagram modeling page, like check it out. Like, how does that work? It's so it's different. Now, when I grew up, you had to have a portfolio. You had to have a comp card or a Z card, which had yeah. four of your main photos in the back and all of your statistics, your height, your weight, your bust, your waist, your hips, your shoe size and everything. And then mm. like the other side had your headshot and your, agency information and then you had to have a portfolio that showed like all of your um rent like what you've done in the past um nowadays i have a feeling it has a lot more to do with your instagram following which is another reason why i'm not super involved is because i'm it's just it's so superficial to me no. but back in the day like back in original top model days back in original like tyra banks days like you mm. know you wore a plain tank top and jeans and you walked the runway and you had to show yourself and um you know you would kind of do like an open call situation um i have gotten to the top selection of top model like i think two maybe two times okay And, you know, you have to have a story at that point. And I was like, oh, the middle American girl who just has no story. Yeah. So that was my thing. Um, but, yeah, you needed a comp card. You needed a portfolio. Nowadays, they ask you how much of a following you have, which, you know. Yeah, technology is crazy these days, right? Like Part of it. They ask you that in acting. They ask you that in modeling. But modeling is huge yeah yeah but yeah it's like technology these days with the whole apps and social media it's crazy like uh like the other day i was uh in a family reunion you know and then one of my little cousins he's like eight yeah he's eight and he was all stressed out because his followers were not uh were not appreciating his content and i was like are you kidding me and then he was like what i mean you don't you wouldn't understand it because you're Because you're old. And I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a minute. So, hey, nah, Yeah, yeah. Nah. Like, hey, hey, hey. Take it easy. How do take you, it like, I don't, it's, it's hard. It's so hard for this yeah. new generation. I don't know how they understand. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that they have, like, like this whole social media thing. It also makes them feel rejected or accepted, depending on the followers or the content that yeah. would have. And that's crazy because back in the day when uh, when when you were little, you weren't. I mean, you didn't care about followers and all that stuff. You were just caring about being a kid. You care and... if your crush like 
sent you something on AIM. Yeah, and that was and that was it. And and now like this, yeah, like I really feel sorry for them because yeah, they have like that like this huge pressure on them and by us when we when we see that we're like that's 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 totally that's totally uh ridiculous like now they will give them for christmas ipads iphones computers and for me back in the day it was toys uh like footballs or basketball you know stuff like that so right. i think like the essence of being a kid nowadays it's being like it's very different yeah yeah it's crazy and and going back to your uh to your uh, modeling career um what did you like the most about modeling and what did you did usually after like a photo shoot? So the thing I liked most about modeling was the runway aspect of it. Like yeah. there was some, there was some not great parts about runway um, in the sense of like, you know, you would, it was a lot about body type and stuff. I remember going into one of the, I'm not going to say the name, but like a very famous, designer mm. that at the time I was 30, 20 pounds less than I am now as a 16 year old girl. And he told me to my face, like lose 10 pounds and then come back to me. And I was like, if I lose 10 pounds, I'm not going to be alive. So there's a lot that's not good. But the thing that I really liked was actually rock walking the runway mm. and being like, okay, I can't see anything but a few lights. And I am able to feel fierce and confident and strut and no one like everybody's watching me, but I don't feel like anybody's watching me because I can't see them. Yeah, and it was, it was very sick and fun and awesome. And I would deal with all of the daily things that you have to deal with before runway show that I did not like. And I really mm. enjoy it all because those few minutes that you're physically on the runway are insane. Wow. Um, and then after like a photo shoot or a runway show, my tradition was to go to In-N-Out Burger or any kind of burger joint and get a cheeseburger. <laughs> that was my tradition. That's so cool. And you know, and you know, it, it's, you're the third model who has told me that whenever they finish like a photo shoot, they will go eat. You really? Know, yeah, yeah. You're like oh, the third I love person. that. That's I, so cool. We talked about more. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Because while I was doing uh, uh, like the whole questions, I was like, I'm just gonna put this one because I'm curious because it's been two, so maybe she would say the same thing. Let's see. Let's find out. Wait, so. I get that cheeseburger. I, I, yeah. I. That's what I did. Yeah. That's so cool. And did you have like a uh, do you have like a favorite cheeseburger uh, cheeseburger joint that you will go every now and then or not anymore? I usually did In and Out. That was my jam. Mm. In and Out was a thing. I mean, you probably don't have that where you where you are, but In and Out, yeah. pretty great. It's oh. never frozen beef, local vegetables. Mm. Okay, if I ever go there, I will definitely. Yes, check you love that me. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Now, tell me what drives you. I mean, you are really doing super amazing things. I mean, from acting to producing, modeling, pottery wheel, proficient bowling, uh, and a, and a lot of amazing things. I mean, what what um, what makes you want to do like a lot of these cool things? Like what? Yeah, like what drives you? 
I have thought about quitting so many times and I have debated, okay, I'm going to move to this place and quit and do this other thing. And there, it just never sits right in me and never feels right. And never, um, there's always something that's kind of like pulling me in Mm. the direction. And I don't think that it's something I can myself decide. I think it's something innate within me that kind of like, says if you don't do this you're not going to be happy you're not going to be fulfilled you're not going to be whatever but that's kind of where I continue and where I thrive and where I drive is kind of just like this innate feeling in myself that like no matter what I do if I go anywhere else I will in some aspect need to be involved in entertainment whether it's producing whether it's you know writing which I'm not great at or acting or whatever it's it's I need to be involved in some way in some aspect or else I'm not fully complete yeah and I think that is one of the things like that that a lot of people might struggle whenever they want to follow their dreams or something like uh like for example if you want to if you want to be an actor right i mean there are so many things you can do or you can learn or you can start working on and then you can on your free time that you can uh spend it on learning on uh how on how to be like uh like um an actor and everything and also uh as you said i mean like what would be the point i mean that's what i realized recently that what's the point of living if you're not going to do something that you like you know I mean, at the end of the day, and that thing happened to me personally. At the end of the day, I lost my job, and then my uh, my 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 brother, who I keep pushing him that he should be a coach, but he doesn't want to. Uh, but uh, but I, but he told me like, you know what? It's time that it's time that that you that you focus on the thing that you like the most, because otherwise, if you wanna, if you will find like another job, you know, like the like uh, like a job like uh, like like the one that you had before, what is gonna happen? Is right. that you're gonna be forty, fifty at some point? You're gonna lose that job, and then you're gonna feel horrible and totally miserable right. because you wasted all of that time. It's too bad. Yeah, yeah. So that pretty much was like, you know, like mind blowing. I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna start like my own thing and would we'll see how it goes. But I agree on that. And if you could give an advice to the twelve year old version of yourself, what would you say to yourself? keep the wheel rolling. Don't stop the wheel and then start it again and then stop it again and then start it again. Like keep it going. Momentum is key. Yeah. 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 And, and when, and, and, and also when you receive those $50 from all red, don't think that sky's the limit. (laughs) Just keep going. That's great. It's fantastic. Wow. And any advice that you could give to someone who is uh, following following their dreams um study 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 i think a lot of people are so excited that they want to become an actor they want to be on tv they want to be famous but like i'm not going to go to a football class and say mm-hmm. or a football class football practice or tryout and say i want to be a football player i look buff and i look mm-hmm. whatever so i'm going to do this um you know there's classes you need to take training you need to take um weightlifting you need to take and things that you need to do before you can actually become a football player and it's the same with acting yeah yeah you need to prepare like a lot mm-hmm. like a lot definitely and it's yeah. funny be- and it's funny because some people would say uh that i mean 
if you like if you have a dream or if you want to do something and then at, at the end of the day you don't want it i mean that's fine you can switch to other thing i mean i think that's the that's yeah. like the beauty of of put the, in the work that you need life. to for whatever you do but put in the work there you go there you go well what i will have to say is that this has been an amazing interview here super inspirational and very deep at some point also <laughs> and uh <laughs> Like, really, Meredith, you are an amazing, super talented actress. We cannot wait for more of your awesome work going on, like, like on, on the way. I mean, we're sure that we're going to have, like, a lot of amazing things. Uh, keep being that amazing, super honest, real person, because that, that's really sick. And those who are watching, go follow her right now. Like, so, so. So this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna follow Brittany Cox first, and then yes, Meredith, Brittany. and then and then you go and then you go back to this video. Um, again, thank you so much. Uh, we're gonna have this interview in the uh, in the podcast channel later on. We have an amazing we have amazing guests coming on tomorrow. We got uh, Sarah <clears throat> Sarah Coates. She is Mark. She she plays as Marguerite Resident Evil Seven and Louise and Resident Evil Eight. So make sure to tune in again. Thank you so much, Meredith, for being here. And before I let you go, I need to send you off with an epic standoff. Like, here we go. <laughs> At some point, I'm going to have my, my, uh, my, my talk show. But A real audience. That would be really cool. I'm still saying that that, that, that moment, when that happens, I'm just going to be like, you know, like, like super... Yeah, like, psh, like one day I was doing interviews in my room, and now I have like my talk show. That would be really cool. That would be sick. Yep. But in the meantime, thank you again. Keep having an amazing rest of your evening, and I'll see you everyone on the next one. And again, uh, thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. Bye.